0: Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. If you're wondering what a mystical business owner is, well, if you're working as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or if there's any kind of spiritual or mystical art that's part of your profession, we are talking about you. I'm Teresa and my lovely, fabulous co-host, where are you, Miss Bree? Hey!
1: Hey, everyone. I am Bree, and so delighted to be here with T. So we've both been, Teresa and I, have been self-employed sacred artists running our own full-time businesses for decades upon decades. And we know what goes into running a successful business. We know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. So we do this show together once a month. Because we love sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years, and we love seeing our fellow mystics thrive and succeed.
0: Yep. Everything that we're doing is, you know, we create this podcast and we do it for free because we sincerely want to see our our industry, you know, get the tools and advice they need so that... Whether you are a tarot reader or whatever part of the industry you're in, that you can make it too. We want you guys working for decades upon decades. Also, anyhow, in each episode of Talking Shop, we focus on a different sub. sub- <laughs> we focus on a different subject, and um, this year we're talking all about books, and we're closing out 2019 talking about the craft of writing or becoming a better writer. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And we're going to get the show talking by, we're going to get the show started. I swear to God, Bree, I can talk today. Oh, my gosh. Um, Anyhow, you know, I love your writing so much. Even before your book came out, the writing that you do in your newsletters, your blog, um, is always so beautiful. It's lyrical. And, you know, just everything you do, your writing is so high quality. I'd love to know how you've developed your writing. What can you tell me about it?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I will say thank you, and I'd say it It takes awesome writing to recognize awesome writing because I love your writing as well. Aww. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, love, I love your voice. I love the way that you present ideas, um, and I love how you blend practical with fun. I think that I, I really love that approach that you take in a lot of your work. And then there's also, I think of, you know, Teresa coming in as the mom, like giving really solid advice, and I love that too. So I I adore your writing as well. Um, writing, how do you how do you become a better writer? You know, I just was at my little one's, uh, my eight year old actually, his uh, school, and they're in in their class. They're working on writing. They're writing little nonfiction books. And so I came in, and that was one of the questions that, that they asked me. They said, how do you become a better writer? How do you how do you get good at writing was actually the, the way that they asked the question. And so my answer is twofold, right? You develop your writing, and you become a better writer by writing more. Um, you have to. It's like anything. How do you become a better tarot reader? You read more tarot. Um, you know, you read for all kinds of situations. You read in all kinds of situations. And um, the same thing is true for writing. So you write fiction, you write nonfiction. Um, one of the things that I have done this year is our friend Danielle Cohen, who you've taught with Teresa and she's done pictures uh, for both of us. She took a bunch of pictures of things in my home and I use them as writing prompts to develop my writing muscles and my writing skills. I also keep a journal every day. So if you want to become better at writing, you have to write. And then the other thing that you have to do if you want to become a good writer, and this is something that Natalie Goldberg, who wrote the best-selling book, Writing Down the Bones, uh, told me in a workshop years ago, is that if you want to be a good writer, you have to read. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to read. You have to read books, and you don't need to read necessarily the books that are in your genre. So, you know, we both write, my book is, is under the genre of religion and spirituality and the New Age spirituality. Teresa, I know you have books in the divination, uh, you know, New Age spirituality categories as well. Um, you don't have to read those books. You can read fiction. You can read philosophy. You can read history. Um If you want to read every single book on Tarot, or magic, like go to, you know, rock out, but you don't have to. What's important is that you're reading because when you're reading books, it's like going and having your cards read by other tarot readers. You learn how other writers are saying things, are describing things, are using words and crafting words. And so I think those are the two really important things. What about you, Teresa? What is, your, what, what have you done to develop your voice? What are your tips on that?
0: Well, you know, first of all, I agree with everything that you say. Everything you say, you should read as much as you can and read a wide variety of things. I like to, and this is going to sound terrible, I love reading magazines, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. all kinds of information about different things. I love reading the news. So I read the mm-hmm. news every day. I'm very avid about it. Although I've tuned into it less because oftentimes it leaves me a little depressed. I read yeah. books in my industry. I read books outside my industry. I'm always I always have my nose in a book. That's why my mother used to say that about me. Uh, one of the pieces of advice that I got from Jen Loudon, who was one of my writing coaches, was, you know, when you're writing a book on a particular topic, read everything you can on that topic. Read nothing but things on that topic. So that way you are really well-versed in your subject. And I thought that was really good advice. So, you know, when I wrote uh, the tarot coloring book, of course I was reading a lot of tarot, but, you know, I always end up going back to Rachel Pollack and Mary Greer, who are the classics. You know, so mm-hmm. I made sure that I was really, like, absorbing some of that information and looking at their beautiful styles. And my style is very different from theirs. It's not that you're reading it to, like, copy styles. You're reading it because you want to be inspired. You want to really... You know, get jazzed up. So that's one thing. But also, the other thing I recommend is taking classes, taking writing classes, and that's one of the things that I've done. I've taken classes with Alexandra Franzen. I've taken some um, online classes with uh, Ash Amberger, uh, but mostly with Alexandra Franzen, and she's been very helpful. Uh, she's also been my writing mentor. You know, so working with her has really helped me um, hone my hone my writing skills and. You know, it's really funny. I um, took a bunch of classes, and one time I put up a couple blog posts. I was really inspired by classes, and I actually had someone write to me, and they were mad. They said, this doesn't sound like you're writing. It sounds a lot better. And so they they were really mad. They thought oh, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I know, isn't it weird? They thought I, like, ripped someone off or something. I'm like, uh, no, I've just been taking classes. What do you want me to be sticking with what yeah. I've before. I mean, isn't that weird? But, you yeah. know, so, so classes, writing every day, having a writing practice every day. Um, another good person that teaches is Sarah Selecki. You know, so find people who teach writing. Sarah Selecki, Alexandra Franzen, Ash Berger. There's a lot of people online who offer these writing classes. Take writing classes when you can. It really will help you. Now, as far as finding my own voice, I think when we first start out, you're really afraid of your voice. You think you're going to sound stupid or you've got nothing to say. And I always say just write the way you talk. Write the way you talk. That's really what I do. You know, and I have, because I'm a Gemini, I have a couple different writing voices. There's times where I'm really humorous. I like to think like I'm an Irma Bombeck of tarot, and I like to write humorous stuff. Uh, there's also times where I'm really writing about a serious subject, like I might be writing about business, or maybe I'm writing about grief, or in Tarot for Troubled Times, it was a really heavy topic, so we were talking about politics and you know grief and depression, and I had to be very serious there, and you know then there's other times where I can be more lighthearted, like um, in the Tarot coloring book. So your voice also might change depending on the topic, but always just do it in your voice as you would talk to somebody. That's what I recommend. What about you, Brie? How do you recommend finding your writing voice?
1: Well, I think that, I mean, I love everything that you said. Um, <clears throat> I think that the most important thing for me with finding my writing voice was disregarding a lot of conventional wisdom. And what I mean by that specifically is I'm a long form writer. My emails are long. I go out to my whole community. I don't do short and I don't do pithy. Um, And very rarely do I do either of those things. It's not the way that I think. It's not the way that I talk. um, And so it's not the way that I write. And, you know, starting out, In the mid-aughts with, you know, an internet business, the the message was, and still very much is, you know, that you need to have, it needs to be short and sweet and pithy. And for people who naturally think and talk and write that way, like, I love that and I think that's awesome, but that's not me. And so I made the decision early on that my newsletters were not going to be short they were going to be long and they were going to I was going to take as much time as I needed to take. And if people had a problem with that, then they weren't the right people for my community. And so that really allowed me to get into contact with my voice and discover not just what I wanted to say, but how I wanted to say it. And, It also has been really interesting because I have found that a lot of people, you know, will come up to me or they'll email me and they'll tell me that, you know, they save my emails um, and they make a little ritual out of opening them and, you know, they they get themselves set up because they know they're going to be asked to spend a little bit more time with them. And so for me – that, you know, that really was confirmation that, yeah, this is this is my voice. This is the way that I work and this is the way that I write. Um, you know, another thing is <clears throat> there's pressure in the Internet world to, um, you know, not to come off sounding overly scholarly. And you certainly don't want to sound dry and you don't want to sound boring, but my background is in classics. So I actually am pretty scholarly about certain things. And I I have grown more and more comfortable with my voice. I will let that come out from time to time. And I don't apologize for that. And, and I, you know, and I, and I don't build my entire business around that because there's a lot of other aspects of me too, but you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not when I am. And, I have let myself be earnest and sincere. Um, I can be pretty sarcastic. My Mercury's in Scorpio, but, and I have a very dry sense of humor, But but my primary mode of expression is super sincere and super earnest, and it's not hip, and it's not ironic, and it's not clever, and I am totally okay with that. And there are so many places you can go for those things, and I say more power to you. Um, but that's not the way that I write, and it's not the way I speak, and right. it's not the way I think. So that, you know, just freeing myself from a lot of the have tos has made a huge difference in in finding my voice.
0: You know, I love how you are so scholarly, and it's so different, you know, from the way I approach things. And I think that's so so important for people to really have their own style. And one of the fun, the funny stories that I love sharing this one about. How different we think about certain things is the one time that you just <laughs> still makes me laugh. I know,
1: I know. I mean, I love you know, it, a I love story
0: it. is the one time you were online talking about Medea, and I thought, oh my god, she loves Ter- Tyler Perry too, and I didn't realize we were talking about Medea, the role, the Greek, the ancient
1: Greek play. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we had such a laugh about that, and you know, but it shows that. You can view things very differently. You can have your own voice and you know, you can still work together really brilliantly and it's all good. So I still laugh about that. I love your scholarly no, actually, ways by the way.
1: And I love your pop culture stuff. you know. I love I love it because I was like, Who is Tyler Perry? What oh, okay, got it, right? So I think that what you pointed out there, Teresa, is really, really important, which is actually it's better. So, this is another thing I would say about writing and finding your voice. You should read people, and if you're lucky enough, work with people yep. that, that have very different voices than you do and that write in a very different way than you do.
0: It'll help you to grow. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love reading stuff that's way out you know, my own thing. Like I was reading uh, the book by, and I never pronounce it right by uh, Ta the Hishi Coates. Uh, Ta the Coates, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: we were eight years, you know, uh, in power, uh-huh. and it's a really yeah. heavy book. It's really intellectual, and it's such a good book, you know. And again, this person does not write like me. It's not a tarot topic, but reading this is helping me to be a better. Writer, it's helping me to recognize this person's voice. It's not. I'm never going to be this person. I'm never going to tune into them. I'm never going to try to be them. I love reading it though. Um, I think it's yeah. so important to not just get stuck in only reading things that sound exactly like you. I mean, if all I do that's all right. day is listen to Maury and and uh, Tyler Perry, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> you know that's that's not good. We want to make sure we are being well rounded. So.
1: Yeah, read lots of things, absolutely. read different
0: things, read people who are scholarly, read comic books, you know, read mm-hmm. children's books. You know, as a mom, you know that children's books are a great thing to read. It reminds oh, yeah. you of getting children's down to the basics.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely, absolutely. And you had said, Teresa, when we started with this question about finding your writing voice, you had also said that you write the way you speak. Yep. And, you know, this is interesting because some people don't know the way they speak, right? They they haven't really – I mean, it's kind of funny, but we don't always listen to the way that we speak. So it's handy, you know, to have, for instance, somebody ask you a question and then record the way that you answer the question. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing that you can do is tell a story or even read a story – like a fairy tale or even a joke or a comic book. Like, But read it out loud and see, like, how do you inflect your words? When do you pause? Mm-hmm. What kind of lyrical? You know, I'm a musician. I'm a vocalist. And so it's not surprising that my writing is lyrical. It's often described as lyrical because I'm a musician, right? right. And And so I have a history of using my voice musically so so you know look at that and look at your own skill set and and see like you know where does where does this show up in your voice and and you may have to record yourself in order to do that because not everybody knows
0: absolutely and you know for me because also being a tarot reader and your work with the public you get really clear about your style for the type of work you're doing, too, if your work involves a lot of talking and communicating. And, you know, I like to say because of my three planets in Virgo, I'm a very practical reader. I'm not going to be the one who's getting all like, woo. It's like, look, Mm -hmm. this is what I see, yada, yada, yada. And that practicality also comes through in my writing because it's very much my nature. So you know, going against my nature would be me trying to pull off some big, scholarly, heady thing. That's not who I am. It's just not right. me. Right. So I I can't. If
1: I, yeah, and the same way if I started talking about like the latest pop culture thing, they would be like, "What is Brianna? What what is happening?" Right if now? you started
0: re- writing <laughs> raps, and I wrote a rap for every tarot card. You did, like, but yeah. if you started yeah. doing that, people would be. Yeah, they would be like, "What the hell?" Is yeah,
1: wrong they'd with be this like, person? "What did you? What did you done with her? Where? Where is she?" Do <laughs> you know, I did, I
0: did have a guy one time get really mad at me because he hated the fact that I was a a middle aged white woman listening to hip hop. He just thought that Aww. was like so bogus, and I'm like, "Dude, stay in your lane." That's, That's right. And That's your exactly lane. right. So.
1: Amen,
0: Amen. Anyhow, So let's talk about some tools that yes,
1: about you them. might
0: recommend to help writers hone their craft. What are some that you recommend? I've got one big one that I love, but I'll let you go first.
1: So I my favorite tools for honing your writing craft are pencil and pen and paper. They're <laughs> super high tech. <laughs> super, super high tech, but when used consistently, it will yield fantastic results. Seriously, um, this is, that is my biggest tool. You know, I handwrite, write um, not everything that I put out online, but 99% of what I put out online, I handwrite it first. And there there have been a lot of studies that have shown that the way that we think when we're writing by hand um is is deeper and clearer than when we're just typing. And I'm a really fast typer and I like to type. So I'm not I'm not just in the typing because I do like typing. Um, and they actually know for a while they had taken handwriting off of the SAT, um, you, there's an essay portion, and you didn't have to handwrite it. You could actually type it. And they have recently put it back on because of the relationship that handwriting has to cognitive development and the way that we think and process our thoughts. So I am a big believer in writing by hand, even if it's just in your, like, daily journal. Um, I think that it's a really, really important thing to do. So that's my favorite tool. I also... Adore, and this is this is not something that will really help you hone your craft exactly, <clears throat> but I use it a lot with my writing. Is Dropbox Paper? Um, right. I know I, love Lisa, it. I know you've you used this. What I love about Dropbox Paper from a writing standpoint is my husband is a ex high school English teacher, so my my favorite tool is my husband um, because I married an editor but he probably doesn't want to be referred to as a tool. So <laughs> uh, if you can marry an editor um, or, in Teresa's case, have a daughter that's an editor, that's always a really good way to set yourself up for success. But if that has not happened for you, um, you can work with an editor. You can hire an editor. You can discover that your BFF is an editor. And you can edit in Dropbox paper. and You can make live changes. And it's very, very helpful when you're at the phase of your writing where you're, you're <clears throat> rewriting or, um, you know, when you're working on the second draft to be able to see the changes that need to be made. So, so I love that tool in that respect. I think it's super helpful. Mm-hmm. What about you, Teresa? You said you have a favorite. What's your favorite? My
0: favorite tool is Grammarly. And oh, yeah. grammarly, Very you good. can you can download it to your desktop, or you can use um, you can use it. you can go to their site. Um, you can download the little um, button for your browser. It's a tool that helps to correct your grammar and your uh, punctuation. So I love it. I think it's really, really, super brilliant. I have the professional version, and so it really cleans up my comma. Um, It often finds mistakes that I don't find. You know, so I I love that tool. I use it religiously. Uh, When you write books also, you can use their plagiarism checker to see if your writing is too close to somebody else's, so that can help you also to change things up. So I think it's a really great tool. That's my favorite, hands down.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I've heard very good things. Another tool that I know a lot of people like is Scrivener. Um, yeah. I I have used Scrivener, and I like Scrivener from a from a if you're writing a book, it's super super helpful. So that's yeah. a, that's another good one. Um, and and then I got like two more tools that are not that are not really practical. They're more the craft of writing. <clears throat> there is. Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. There is, um, in the artist way, there is the practice of morning pages. Yeah, right. Uh, which is, right, which is, it's a practice where you basically, I think you set the timer for a set amount of time and then you just write, um, until you fill up a page. And then Natalie Goldberg has her writing method and she's a Zen Buddhist, uh, practitioner. And her writing method is you set the writer, you set the timer for 10 minutes, and you write on something that usually is like right in front of your face. So like I'm sitting at a desk right now that has a chess trophy. So I might write um, for 10 minutes on the theme of chess trophy, which is a really interesting thing to do because you think like, what can I possibly say about a chess trophy? But I've I've been in workshops where this method has been employed, and I think one of the most beautiful pieces of writing I ever heard was from a woman who wrote on the prompt of sticky pink bubblegum, and she talked about her alcoholic husband and how he would chew bubblegum to hide the booze on his breath, and then... Talked about their divorce, and I mean, it was like you. She read it, and I was just—I was a wreck after it, um, and all from a very innocuous prompt. So, those are two creative tools that I really like when it comes to writing.
0: Right on, and there's one thing I also want to add for people. You know, I, I understand the wisdom of writing for, for hand by hand, and I think that it is really brilliant. But for some of us, you know, who have arthritis, sometimes that doesn't work very yeah. well. Yeah. So you know you may find that typing works better, and also there are people who do not have the ability to use their hands. And so Great. if that is the case, also a tool that might really help you is it's Dragon, and it is where it records your um, it records your voice and it transcribes your writing for you. That's something that you might want to consider too. So I just want to put yeah. that out there. And these are tools again, also like if you use Dragon, that's a way to like practice writing in your own voice too. You talk into the Dragon right. software, it will transcribe your writing, and then you can really see what you, how you sound. So that's another tool that people might want to use, not just to find their own voice, but again, if you're unable to type or to write for whatever reason, it's another thing to use. I
1: love that. Now, Teresa, we, we mentioned it, but I want to ask you specifically, how might working with an editor help you become better at your writing work? I think an editor is your best friend. I really do. I think also
0: a writing coach is a really good friend to have. But an editor is going to be one of the things that really helps you to see where you need to tidy your work up. Now, my daughter does editing for me, and she's a brilliant editor, and she's done editing for other metaphysical people. She, um, she's she got an MFA in creative writing. She got it from a school in Chicago, and she is really good at punctuation and grammar. And, you know, she also, she's got a vertical rising, so we shouldn't be surprised. She's also good at looking at where you can be more efficient with your writing. So when she edits my stuff, she always puts notes like this would sound better like this or this is a squinting modifier or this is too jumbled or this is repetitive why are you repeating this um you've got a comma problem mom you've got a comma problem you know so <laughs> it really really helps and i've got i still have a comma problem but i've gotten better through reading her notes so i mean get yourself an editor that you trust and work with them because you will become a better writer. They will show you what you're doing wrong so you can do it right. Do you, you work yes. with an editor, your husband, too. So, how do you think that that helps you working with him in that way?
1: You know, he, in working with him over the years, um, what I found is that working with a good editor, first of all, it, it clarifies your thinking. So, your yes. thinking becomes clearer. And then it also, I don't want to say, it, 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 it's like it um, shows you the patterns in your writing that you need to be aware of. So, like, one of my patterns is I often will wait until the end to say what I really want to say. So he'll mm-hmm. remind me, no, no, you want to put that at the beginning, we're going to lead with that. Right. Yeah. So that, those are, those are two like very concrete things that have improved my writing working with an editor.
0: Yeah, you really need them. I mean, I'm good at editing. I, I also, I often say I prefer editing over writing. And I do, I'm actually pretty good at editing except editing my own work. So having someone else work as an editor on my stuff really helps me to get out of my way and see where I can improve. So I love editors. So let's talk about writing books. Are there any writing books that you love? You know, are there any that you think every writer should read?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a couple. So one is Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. I mentioned it. Right. And I hear that echo again, Trace. Do you hear that? Um, every so often. Okay, all right. We'll try to we'll try to uh, minimize it as much as possible. So, "Writing Down the Bones" by Natalie Goldberg, I love, and then I also love "Big Magic" by Elizabeth Gilbert. Now, oh yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote "Eat, Pray, Love," and I was pretty like not sure about "Big Magic" when it first came out. Um, and it's not just for writing; it's for she talks about writing a lot because she is a writer. But it is for creative work in general, and it is fantastic. So I highly recommend that Stephen Pressfield's *The War of Art* is phenomenal. He is also a writer. He wrote probably the most famous thing is *The Legend of Bagger Vance*, and he um, talks about resistance and how to deal, you know, very very firmly with the inner critic. And then um, oh, there was one more of it. Now is like flipping my mind oh the artist way the Artist's way is also really 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 good i mean people love that book and the, the purpose of the Artist's way is to help you become creatively unblocked so if you're feeling like you're really creatively blocked the Artist's way is a great book to get for that so those are those are some of my favorites what about you what do you love writing what
0: really those are the the same the same books i would recommend it's like you took the words right out of my mouth all of those books are great. I especially love Stephen Pressfield because he talks a lot about resistance and a lot about getting out of your own way and getting things to happen and, and sitting down and doing the work because you know writing is work. And if you're writing books, you are an author, you are a writer, and you've got to get your butt down to that writing desk and you've got to get to work. And I love his advice on that. So I would probably say out of all the books, that's my favorite. Hands down. Oh, such a good
1: win. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you finally, what are what are some other ways to become a better writer? You know, one thing that you mentioned were classes. And so I'd love to hear, like, if you've taken – you've mentioned that you've taken classes. Were there specific classes that you took that you really loved and if so, why? And also, you mentioned working with a writing coach, and that's different than, like, an editor. So I would love to hear – About that, like, what is a writing coach? What do they do? Why are they worthwhile to work with?
0: Well, those are the two things that I recommend. I think if you can take a class and have a writing mentor, you are going to improve by leaps and bounds. I mean, it is going to make your writing improve a lot quicker. So, you know, taking classes, first of all, you've got to find a teacher that you really like. And you have to also decide, well, do I want to learn in person? Do I want to take a class? Do I want to take an online thing? So you want to find a format and you want to find someone's style that you like. You know, so for example, you might Sarah Selecki has a writing school and she's a phenomenal writer. And, you know, she also has these prompts that she sends people that is really cool too for getting your writing juices flowing. So, you know, find a teacher you like, um, find out what classes they're teaching. Sign up, whether it's in person, whether it's online. Get get in there, and um, it is again going to help you. But you also might want to consider: what am I? Where am I needing improvement? Do you need improvement on your editing process? Do you need improvement on getting out of your own way? Do you need improvement on learning how to use juicier words? Where is the area that you need the most improvement on? Do you want to learn how to write for your blog? Do you want to learn how to, you know, write a tiny book? Alexander Franzen taught a, book, a whole workshop on that. You know, find what you want to learn or where you need to learn, how you best learn, and a teacher whose style um, you really admire and go from there. It's that simple. And it's the same with the hiring a writing mentor. And I've worked with Alexander Franzen. When you work with a writing mentor, they will look at your stuff and they're going to give you uh, critiques or ideas about how you can improve things. And, you know, really for that is you want to show up, don't be lazy. Do the work and the homework that you're given and be open to the criticism is the biggest piece of advice I would give because, again, they're not doing it to bring you down. They're trying to lift you up. And so you really want to approach a writing mentor in that way. Does that
1: make sense? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful.
0: So what about you? Have you ever worked with a writing mentor taking classes? And what are your thoughts on it, if any?
1: I agree. I mean, I agree with everything that you've said, T. And what I, I have done uh, writing workshops. I've done a week-long writing workshop with Natalie Goldberg. And, you know, I did that, oh, gosh. Jasper was like a year old, so that was back in like 2012, maybe. And um, I... It was some of the best money that I ever spent. Um, You know, I think I really do well in person when it comes to writing. Mm -hmm. I don't do as well with online stuff, so I really need, like, that in-person, face-to-face or voice-to-voice time. And it made a huge, huge difference. And the biggest difference, For those of you who have never taken a writing class or a workshop, one of the things that shifted for me when I did that was it was like I signaled to myself that I was taking this thing, this hobby, writing, seriously. Mm -hmm. I was going to start taking it really seriously, and I was going to hone it as a craft, just like I would – my ability to read tarot cards or my ability to analyze a natal chart. And so that was a huge shift for me. Um, mm-hmm. And another thing that kind of goes along with what you're saying, but it's slightly different, especially for those of us who have young children um, or we're super busy, is you may need to take a writing retreat, by which I mean you go Somewhere by yourself, where no one can find you, to write. Um My fantasy, bad way. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, it really is because sometimes, um, even with the best schedule and even with the most like intense, you know, uh, discipline, sometimes you you just need unbroken hours to To get stuff done. Now, with that said, what I'll also say is, you know, some of the greatest books in the world um, were written when people totally had their back up against the wall financially and time-wise and everything else, and they still managed to write pure gold. So, you, don't, you know, you don't have to have weeks on end, but every now and then it's nice to take a little bit of time and just, you know, seclude yourself and just work on writing. I think that that's an important thing to do. That's such wise, wise advice.
0: And I think this uh, show is going to give some people some really great inspiration about, you know, getting to be a better writer. So thanks for sharing that.
1: Ah, So good, Teresa. I loved all of your points. So once again, and for 2019, this wraps up our final episode of Talking Shots So, Teresa, share. What was your biggest takeaway from this discussion?
0: I'm really intrigued about you writing by hand. I'm really, really intrigued by that because I find that really fascinating. I know Rachel Pollack does that, too, and Rachel Pollack is a pen fanatic, and she collects these fancy pens. And so that really is intriguing to me. So, you know, I'm probably still going to stick with the computer, but I'm so, like, I'm, my ears are pricked up about that. I just want to <laughs> let you know. I just think it's so cool. So what about you? <laughs> I love it. And you know, Bree, I have to laugh. Because we really are, in some ways, people must say we are like the odd couple. Because, you know, you write by hand, I do it by computer. You're very scholarly. I love pop culture. Uh, you're young. I'm an old bag. You know, it's... <laughs> but we, we just go together like peanut butter and jelly, and that's why I love doing Me this show. Do. I come away from every episode, I'm like, huh, she's writing by hand. Huh. <laughs> Let me think about this, though. <laughs> so I just want to tell you that 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 got my ears perked up. What about you? I what is your it. biggest takeaway?
1: <laughs> well, on a similar subject, I really loved you reminding people about Dragon and transcription services because you're totally right. Like, as much as I love to write by hand, there are people with really bad arthritis, and there are people who are not able to use their hands. And that, you know, should not at all... Limit your ability to write. And in fact, Brene Brown, who of course is a best selling, beloved, um, author, she did her last book. Um, the way that she did it was she took some of her assistants and they went down to the, to the beach and she talked through the book and they made notes and then they, they transcribed what she was saying. So she actually spoke her book and told her book verbally. And that was how that book came together. So, you know, it's, writing is a, it's a, it's bigger than what we normally think of. It's not just like words on a page. And right. so you may be a speaker. And so I love the fact that you brought that up, that you talked about Dragon and transcription services, because those can be huge, huge aids in writing.
0: I think it's really important also for people who think, like, well, I have something to say, but I can't write because you know, I'm a person with a disability, I really want to encourage them, no, that's not true. There are tools there, or there might be people who are able to help you because we need so many diverse voices in our industry. And so I hope that, you know, whoever's listening, if they are worried that they can't type or whatnot, that they do know that, you know what, You, you, there's a way. There's a way for you to get out there too.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before we sign off, a very happy reminder if you love Talking Shop, and, boy, we sure hope you do. We put a lot of work into this. Don't forget that you can listen to all the previous shows for free on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. You can look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. You're going to find all the episodes there. We've got years of episodes for you. You can also visit Talking Shop on my website, thetarolady.com. Click on podcasts, hop on down to Talking Shop, everything's right there. And, Bree, where can they find us on your site?
1: You guys can head to com. click on free resources, and you'll find the current Talking Shop show and the archive.
0: And if you did enjoy this show, take a moment and leave a kind review on iTunes because that's going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. And, okay, folks, that is an absolute wrap for this episode and for 2019. So, um, we hope you join us again next year for another year of talking shop. Until then, you can find me Teresa
1: at the com and
0: Bree, where can they find
1: you? You all can find me at com Thank you again so much for listening and hanging with us throughout the year. We hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and that you keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind. Make it a great couple of months. Have a wonderful Yule, Christmas, Solstice, and a Happy New Year. We know that you will.